Hey, this is Old Man Metal, host of Old Man Metal's Musings and co-host of the Pulpit of Doom podcast. And the song that got me into King Diamond was Welcome Home. Being a metal kitty in North Carolina in the 80s, there was no internet and no metal scene, and of course no metal on the radio. There was just magazines and fanzines and word of mouth. And as a result, I didn't get turned on to King Diamond until 1988, and when I did, it was by an ad in a magazine. Um, I don't remember which one it was. I made a blind buy based on that ad, and that was not an uncommon way to do things back then, uh, an ad or a cool album cover. And when I popped the CD into the CD player, and Out from the Asylum ended, and Welcome Home came on, from that first falling down the staircase drum roll, to that first bass chug, to that first falsetto, Well, I was hooked, and I still am. Seeing King Diamond perform live at Center Stage in Atlanta on October 11th, 2014, bucket list moments for me. All hail the King. back i'm uh, wayne that is greg and the other guy is ralph ralph Vieira. he is back i am back. he's back and this is this pod no this broadcast belongs to them we've been wow. off uh, air for a while so uh we wanted to you know get our you know uh get settled in for a little while and just hang out and relax and just get our juices flowing again and get the show going Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I just completely. All right. Well, I just remember until I completely forgot to buy that EP. Oh. What? You, <laughs> well, you don't have the Merciful Fate EP. Uh, the the no, no Ralph's EP. Oh, Ralph's EP. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've got the Merciful Fate EP. It's a bootleg. Unfortunately, I'd like to get an original someday. You know, they released it on picture disc. Yes, they Yeah, they released everything on picture disc. Yeah, I have it on my wall. I have a picture disc wall full of picture discs, and I just really? since I have the original, I just slap. And I have Dark Side. Dark Sides is the one I play. I don't touch my original uh, 
my original <laughs> pressing. You know, I haven't touched it since I think the, since I got Dark Sides. Right. You mean the beginning? Oh, that's yeah, what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just yeah, got confused right. there for a second. Yeah. You got me there. Yeah, it's yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing about in the beginning is the way they change the track order. Yeah. So, um, starts with Doom by a Living Dead in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a good start song. It's just weird to hear because it's yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to Corpse Without a Soul. Yeah. Actually, there's, there's my version right there, which I just found out this is the third printing because it's released by, let me see here, uh, Burgess Holland. Okay. Yeah. And that's what mine is released by. So I have the third pressing. I didn't know that. Okay. I got the. I didn't, I didn't know they they ever changed it from Ravon. I didn't even know that. Yeah, well, it's it still does say Ravon on, on it, but then oh, it also says uh, on the bottom the other name. <coughs> Either way, I saw that on eBay, and it was like kind of like um, I think it was like a misspelled auction. I love those because usually you get those at a very good price. Oh. All right, now we are on to the Merciful Fate EP. So. Uh, it's been a while since I heard his EP, and uh, knowing that we were doing this today, I listened to it about 20 times. Wow. it's a very... Sh- yeah. <laughs> I, I worked a long day today, so I listened to it a lot, <laughs> just to try to remember everything. Um, I love this EP. I mean, it, it's so cool to hear them finally, like, you know, but the older stuff, you heard them getting into the songs, and nothing was really like... Nothing was what uh, Merciful Fate came to be. Like, those songs were always... You can tell that they're not, like, full like real songs, you know, with the older bands. And this right. is like, this is like really, you know, they know what they're doing now. They know what they want to do and they know where they're going to go with the band. And, uh, it's real cool. Uh, and actually we were just talking about, uh, they changed the order because in the beginning is a different order than this. And I really didn't realize that until just, uh, as you just said that, but, uh, a corpse without soul, who wants to go? I'll go. Yeah, Dr. Fuck's got to go first. I'm curious. I'm, I might be the one that heard this first out of us three, maybe. What did you guys I, I would guarantee that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think you heard this whole thing before we were born. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, I was born in 79. What am I talking about? Well, you were still in your crib when I first heard this. Yes. Um, I heard it before Melissa came out. I mean, actually, soon after I heard this album, my song Kerrang! Uh, uh, an ad for Merciful Fate's new album coming out soon. Full first falling album, Melissa. So I already owned this at this time. Yeah. And cool. I uh, I don't know if I said this story when I was on the last podcast with you guys, but I'll, I'll say it again because it's a great story. It's it, it, it's meant to be repeated. Okay. Um, I used to go see my friend's band, uh, Milo, who's still a good buddy of mine. Uh, back in 83, he had um, a warehouse for his band. His band was called Iron Cross. And they had a turntable hooked up to a Marshall lamp. And, you know, he used to come in with the new vinyls that he would buy. And one day he walked in with the Merciful Fate. And he's like, you got to hear this. So he put it on. And when Corpse Without Soul came on with that crazy guitar solo. And I'm holding the album cover looking at it like in pure amazement. Because you got to believe, you got to remember, like 83, it's unheard of. For a naked chick on a cover, much less all that satanic imagery. Right. And then I'm turning it around. Look at the band members. And then King Diamond starts singing. You know, listen. And I'm like, and you look at that face on the back of the cover. 
It's like, who is this freak, man? Now, initially, most of the population would hear that and go, ugh. To me, I was like, I got it right away. Because it was just so unique and weird and out there that for some reason it connected with me right there, you know? And I was just amazed. I never heard a song start that fast with an insane guitar solo like that. And at that time is all I was looking for was the most brutal underground stuff that will never become popular. And at that time, if you would have told me back then that one day King Diamond fucking even toward the States, I wouldn't even believe you. Much yeah, less yeah. become as big as the now. Yeah. I just saw King Diamond a couple months ago in Orlando in a really big theater. Mm-hmm. Huge theater, you know, it's like it's amazing to think how popular he is now. Where I always thought Merciful Fate was something that I didn't think they were going to go past that EP. It was just something that was going to let out. And it was an import. And I didn't think, you know, you know the, the satanic uh, lyrics, the, the album cover, you know, calling a nun a cunt, you know, stuff like that. I was like, <laughs> this is never going to take off. But, you know, um, I didn't hear this release first. I actually heard Don't Break the Oath first, which was my introduction to um, uh, Merciful Fate. And then I got this and then the beginning and then eventually got um, the EP on its own. But uh, when I did first get a copy of this EP, I was shocked that they ever went beyond this <laughs> for the same reasons you said. It's just amazing they got a record deal, but uh, they had real fucking talent, though, you know. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, when I first got into King Diamond, <clears throat> like you were speaking uh, about his vocals, Ralph, uh I heard that I heard I had the eye first and I heard his vocals. I was into, you know, just starting to get into metal at that time. And I heard him, him come on singing and he did that high pitched thing. I'm like, what the hell is this shit? I just, it did not click with me. It took a very long time for me to really get into his vocals. But, uh, when I finally did it, you know, it clicked. And then, um, and then I worked, uh, my way backwards, you know, to, uh, through his, uh, discography. And I finally got to in the beginning and got to hear these songs. So, um, yeah, it was crazy because I also, what too was about King Diamond, you know, like you said, with the all the satanic uh, lyrics and stuff like that. And also at the time, since I was very young, that stuff kind of scared me, you know. I wasn't used to satanic things like that. I'm, you know, young. I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know whether to believe if God's real or he's fake or, you know, whatever. So just hearing those kind of things. And, and you know, my my grandmother was very religious and some of my, my parents' friends are very religious. So them seeing, I'm listening to all the stuff, they're thinking, you know, I'm a satanic, uh, you know, worshiper or something, you know. So it was kind of kind of hard for a little while to get into King. But, uh, you know, finally getting away from all that kind of, you know, worrying about satanic stuff like that, uh, I finally got into him and... I love the EP. It's really cool. I mean, I love the artwork. When I finally got to see the artwork, the original artwork, I thought that was really cool because I, the only thing I saw was in the beginning that, like, you know, the picture of hell, you know, or whatever yeah. that's supposed to be. So it was cool to finally see the artwork, you know. They never really did another album cover like that, which I don't think they would have really gotten away with doing something like that more commercial, you know. Probably wasn't even released in the States uh, ever. That no, I don't think I don't so. Think so. Yeah. Although Not it, until it, this picture disc came out, right. like two yeah. years ago, yeah. 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 I think it actually says that on the uh, the high sticker. sticker. 
Yeah, it actually says first time on LP in uh, North America or something like that. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, it, it, you know, I, I'll tell you a funny story of uh, my podcast. I do a podcast called uh, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and uh, I know it's a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> my co-host, I believe it was Abigail, the first album he bought. And when he was playing it, his dad walked by the room going, the hell is that, a parakeet? <laughs> it's, um, different, you know? it's different, very different. It's uh, actually it's kind of funny because it was the first song on the EP, but um, of course, without a soul, you know, he does the falsetto and then the more spoken, echoey vocals, which I love. So I used to crank it, but I remember my grandmother saying, "Make that woman stop screaming." <laughs> 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 Which, I don't know how funny King would find it, but I always yeah. got a kick out of that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's a good opening track. Um, yeah, you got the uh, the cool guitar intro, and then it just gets into the, the with the drums. Kim Ruz's drums. I mean, this is where we finally get to hear Kim Ruz play, and uh, he plays so he just plays so great along with the music. As opposed to all the other drummers that were in uh, bands with King, it just uh, Kim Ruz was the drummer that I think really made the Merciful Fate stick out from uh, all the other projects that King had at the time. I agree. He's got that organic feel, you know, yeah. like Bill yeah. Ward. You know, like every uh, yep. everybody that replaced Kim Ruz is like a perfectionist. Mickey D, you know, yeah. Snowy, uh, they, they're just so good. They're yeah. so perfect. But it, to me. Kim Ruz has more of a human element to his playing, mm-hmm. not so machinery. It's very right, you know. Yep. Yeah. And like you know, look, I love In the Shadows. I love everything that Merciful Favor least. but it doesn't. It's missing that element, that organic element. The EP and the first two albums had, and that yep. has to do with Kim Ruz, man. Yeah, Kim Ruz is really the unsung, unsung hero. Like, everybody in Merciful Fate is extremely important. Right. Every component of that band, all five components, can oh, only yeah. make that sound. You take one out, and yeah. there you hear it. Listen to In the Shadows, then listen to Don't Break the Oath. It's, it sounds different. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, what were we going to say, Greg? Um, I was going to say it's actually like kind of how I feel about Maiden, too, with Clive Burr and Nico McBrien. You know, no, uh, yeah. Kim, Kim Ruz kind of has the same thing going on. It's tight, but it's so fluid, but it's got so much of that human attitude in it. And some of it's sloppy at points sometimes, but it fits in with the song perfectly. It, it, and It adds charm. That sloppiness, yep. it adds a certain charm to it, you know? Yeah. I'm um, trying to remember. I think it's this song. You think I would have remembered after listening to this like all day long? Um, a corpse with soul. At the end, this is the song where he does that scream, and his voice goes like really, really high, and it goes and like I, he must have hurt his throat doing that. It's yes, the, yes. Satan has taken its toll. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the highest note yeah. ever recorded on anything. Yeah. When it breaks at the top, yeah. it's like dude, I, I, I defy you to find anybody hit a higher note than not even. Child in Time, Ian Gillen, which I think is like the second one. You know, that that's some high ass notes. Yeah, that's even higher. You know. Yeah, 
Yeah, when you hear that, I'm, I, you hear it, it's just like, oh my god, he must have like really because uh, he's never did that ever again. I, no, I don't no. think he's ever did that again. <laughs> Only dogs can hear, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that that was that's a really that's a great song. It's a great opening track, uh, "Corpse Without Soul." Yeah. Awesome track. Oh, and also too, um, Timmy Hansen is with the band now because uh, Timmy wasn't involved with the other uh, projects that uh, King was doing. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, Timmy Hansen is another thing that makes a big difference. He yeah. uh, plays along with Ruz so well, yeah. very in tune with each other, and. Uh, it's just, it's really special, you know. I don't think a rhythm section has ever sounded like this again. No. You know, the, the Merciful Fate definitely had their own distinct sound. Yes, they did. Definitely did. Uh, track two, Nuns Have No Fun. Nope, they just had their fathers and sons. Yeah. And he gives them hell. Yeah. And he, he never, never fails. fails. And he never fails. <laughs> 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 this was my song. When I first got really? this EP, this was like, you know, I don't know, it was just so special, you know, the whole C-U-N-T. It's got a little catchy hook to it, the melody, the, you know, the structure, like, I get it up, I get it up in the dark, I make her feel I'm not alone, a holy man, faster breathing, she's like a shark, which makes no sense, but it makes sense, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even South King doesn't really have a grasp of the English language just yet, but it's that, that innocent charm, you know, right. that's just so appealing to me you know now in retrospect if i'm gonna if i have to pick my favorite song off here it'd probably be doomed but back yeah. then yeah. back then it was none have no fun it was just at the time it was a little it just had that catchy hook to it and uh but and i still love it you know it, it may have been demoted a little bit as far as my favorite but there's not a bad song out of these four it's just a perfect perfect great song and uh I never got to see King Diamond play this live, and I was so heartbroken because when they did the Conspiracy Tour, they started playing for the encore. Really? Oh, and, wow. and the Conspiracy Tour didn't come here. Them came here, Abigail came here, but Conspiracy did it, and they did Nuns Have No Fun during the encore. You know, like, fuck, I always wanted to see King do that, you know? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that'd be a cool song to see live. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think it was kind of like, the hit, if you really think about it back then, because they even did a photo shoot of King with a nun, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think there were, this is the, I, they didn't have a single for the album back then, I don't think, but if they did, it would have been. Uh, definitely, nuns have no fun. It's the commercial smash single. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's funny about that is, though, uh, the couple compilations I do have from, like, this era that they're on, it's usually a corpse without soul. Really? Yeah. Sometimes it's nuns have no fun, but uh, corpse seems to be the more popular song for the compilation guys to pick. Okay. I could, I could see that. I wasn't too much of a fan of nuns have no fun until today when I listened to it a bunch of times. And uh, I was like, hey, you know what? This song isn't actually too bad. Um, just I, think it had, I was thinking it had more to do with the Reagan era, maybe. But uh, (laughs) maybe they thought it would cause trouble by putting that one on. Yeah, it's funny that the PMRC and the Filthy 15 put into the COVID and not nuns have no fun. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then then they put something, uh, you know, like Judas Priest's Jawbreaker on there. 
when TSOL's Code Blue exists. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a great song, but... Well, at least the Mentors made it. Oh, yeah. If anybody (laughs) deserves to be on that list, it's the Mentors. Dude, the best video clip of the history of anything is Tipper Gore reading out Mentors lyrics in a congressional (laughs) hearing. I think it was uh, bend up and smell my anal vapor. Your face is my toilet paper. My toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) She just looks disdainfully over the top of paper. (laughs) I got to watch that. you, You know, at that time, Mentors was unheard. I mean, I knew the Mentors because I was actually in California for a little while. And that's how I discovered it. And I brought it back to Florida. Nobody knew who the Mentors was. Here's Tipper Gore to let the world know who this band was. You know? It was so <laughs> underground. But here she is promoting the fuck out of them. You know? Right. It's idiotic, yep. but, but it's awesome at the same time. Yeah. That's what I never understood about that. They had such a problem with it. but And they... You know, broadcast it all like you said. They, you know, said all the lyrics, and they're giving that band publicity. Like if you would have just shut up about it, nobody would have known. Yeah, and you know, and the whole thing is, we want to put a warning sticker, and I forgot who it was uh, that said you know, some guy in a metal band said, "What? Put a warning sticker? Shit, put two of them on there." Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> going to make it stick out. Sweeter, you know. Oh, you're not supposed to listen to this. Now I want it. You know. Yeah, exactly. That was like with all the death metal records. I would always buy the one in the bags that said censored cover inside. Like, okay, what's this? Let's see what the hell's in here. Like eating back to life, I'm sure it was probably one of them. Uh, Hammer Smashed Face is the first one I remember getting like that with the original cover where the corpse has the hammer lodged in his head. (laughs) That was cool. But uh, all right, back to uh, Merciful Fate. Um, yeah, nuns have no fun. I opened up more to that song now that I listened to it uh, than I did when I was younger. I also, when I was younger, I had no idea what a C-U-N-T was at the time. I was too young to know. <laughs> and the, obviously, the, I'll find out later on. I was already a fan of Pryor and Carlin by when I heard yeah. this when I was about 12 or 13. No, I was probably about 13 then. And um, <clears throat> so I already knew what the word was, but... Uh, you know, growing up in a Roman Catholic house, like uh, Ralph was saying, this was the track I loved the most at first because, you know, it was like, hee it's against the fucking establishment and the norm. This is cool, and it was catchy, and uh, it had great, you know, it was, it's just a great song altogether. And then they... Horny for a nun. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then that they dared to say cunt in it, too. <laughs> yeah. The 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 I don't know how future pressings were, but the original pressing brought lyrics on just a single paper was inside, and okay. you know reading the lyrics you see C U N T you know it's like holy right. shit cunt you know <laughs> I was like he's calling a nun a cunt in eighty three was like yeah. it was like the most blasphemous shit ever you know right. now right. it seems tame right that, yeah. yeah jeez man calling a nun a cunt. That's, this guy, this guy, when he dies, he's not going to wait in line to go to hell. He's going on Hell Express. He's hell going yeah. to the line, you know. That's, what, that's how I thought of King Diamond back then. This guy does not care because, no. you know, I, I'm a little kid. I'm God-fearing back then. I'm brainwashed. Yeah. I'm not wise to it yet. 
Yeah. And, but still, at the same time, I'm like, man, this guy's got balls. He doesn't mind burning in hell, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and I loved it about it. I just loved, I loved the blasphemy back then, you know? It was so yeah. awesome. Me too. Yeah, right Right after I saw Geraldo's special on Satanism, I was like, I gotta find a Slayer record. <laughs> <laughs> Hell awaits, all right. That was awesome. Uh, King Diamond was on that special. Yeah, he was. Which was so cool. Yeah, that was cool. I it made I him look that. like an ass, too. That was the best part about that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're talking about that on the uh, King Diamond um, uh, group on Facebook. Uh, crap, I can't remember what they were talking about. But somebody brought that up recently, and there was something something that was edited out, but they've seen it, I guess, on YouTube somewhere, the edit, unedited version or something. Oh wow! <clears throat> oh, okay. um, yeah, look it up on YouTube, uh, or join the King Diamond group on Facebook. What, what are they? You're on uh, one of those, I think, Ralph, right? I'm um, on. I think it's called King Diamond Coven, maybe. I'm not sure. Something like that. And then there's another one, Long Live King Diamond, or something. I'm not sure. I'll look into it because I, yeah. I like to be on all of them. Actually, I'm yeah. a big fan. Yeah. yeah. I, actually, there was another one too. It's just called Nine, Number Nine. Uh, that I, I don't think I'm on. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. Uh, third song, Side B, if you have the uh, vinyl. Uh, Doomed by the Living Dead. My favorite song on the album. Mine and too. Probably my, well, I don't know if it'd be my overall favorite Fate song, but it's definitely pretty high up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so too. The... Uh, First time seeing Merciful Fate for me in the Shadow Tour. Um, all the way up front. Center. Pressed against the... And that, that that was filmed by a friend of mine that had permission. And that footage is actually the indoor footage from the Bell Witch video. Right, yeah. They opened with Doom by Lip. And they had two big screens on the side that had the... Uh, the album cover, the EP album cover. Ah, that's all. my living then. I'm telling you, man, it was like a, a, a fucking religious experience. I was like, oh my god, you know, I'm watching them do Doom by Living Dead was just so fucking mind blowing. And yeah, uh, I agree with you guys. It is my favorite track on the album now, and, uh, which is pretty epic for me because every song on this album is a solid ten. But. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, and I, as I said earlier, I had the lyrics, but I don't know why I never really checked the lyrics of the song, because the part where he says, I am here, Satan in my head, for the longest time I thought he was saying Iron Maiden. <laughs> and I was like, cool, man, he's saying Iron Maiden. And then finally I read the lyrics one day, I was like, oh, he's saying I'm here, you know? But I love that song. I love the way it starts. Oh, the yeah. creepiness and uh, doomed by the living dead, you know. And yeah. it's like, uh, no uh, way to survive this yeah. evil night. Yeah, that chorus part is just yeah, awesome. And, and again, hearing the word fucking. Yeah, it's all fuck. your fucking yeah. angels. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, he said fucking. You know, it's, yeah. it was so special back then to hear a bad word. It was like unheard of, you know. Right. You know, it's like, wow, it's cunt and fucking? <laughs> you know, this, yep. This is an X-rated album, man. Yep. It's and like, they got a drawing car. of a nun with her tits out, you know, yeah. on a cross. Yeah, with a pantogram above her. Being burned. 
Yeah. Might as well, like, um, add, like, more words like George Carlin. I shit, piss, cunt, motherfucking, and tits, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Put them all in there. Why not? You know, they put the, the two of the filthiest ones, you know? Yeah. Which, actually, you know, thinking about that, he really didn't do that on any other album, I don't think. Did he really? He didn't really curse that much. I don't think he's ever cursed again. I'd have I to don't... think. A whore in a Black Funeral. Forget that whore. Right. That's about it. Yeah. That's as yeah, close I think... as I can, that I can think of, you know? Yeah. He's, I mean, I think in the graveyard during the story during part of that, you know, they call the guy a bastard or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's, that's about that's the enough. only that's example I can think of. And that's really technical. <laughs> Yeah, that's really yeah. yeah. You can get away with bastard on network TV. Yeah, yeah. Of course you can. You'd probably get away with cunt nowadays too. Who knows? <laughs> well, I was watching. No, I don't know watch. about that with, with the whole <laughs> hashtag oh, movement. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's really I true. still feel stupid about that. about what. But well, you know, to me, it isn't a hashtag. It's a pound sign. So I couldn't figure out why they were calling their feminist movement Pound Me Too. It seemed (laughs) ridiculous to me. And when I said that to someone, they were like, dude, no. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag. Yeah, so somebody brought that my attention, too. I I laughed my ass off. Pound Me Too. Like, that's perfect. That's like they were talking about Cardi B one day, and I didn't get the whole Bacardi mix-up thing. I was standing there, and they're like, why do you look so confused? I'm like, I just can't figure why anyone would pick cardiovascular bronchitis as their rap name. It's weird. And they're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Devil Eyes. Now, this song... The only thing that really bothered me with this song is the the drum beat, even though it's it's cool because it's Kim Ruz, but it has that disco beat to it, and it really threw me off. Yeah, it didn't, huh. and, and it's weird that it didn't do that to me back then because you know I'm part of the I'm a '70s kid, right. and if you like rock in the '70s, you suppose it's the law. I I, I used to have a a shirt it was an iron on with a disco ball blowing up and there's a skull inside it would say death before disco you know and then you know come 83 I hear this song and it didn't bother me I just I don't know I found it hooky and and I didn't notice that I was like man this evil eyes band's got a little like kind of like a disco feel on this one you know and uh but it's awesome I I love it I I love that little disco feel to it you know it makes it unique to me and not only the the drums, but the bass, the doom, 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 oh, doom, yeah. kind of adds more of a disco element to it. Right. Yeah. But then, yeah. then you got then you know in the middle of the song, it's like I'll take you to hell. Right. You know, you're inside my spell. I'm Lucifer's mirror, and I am his killer. Yeah. It's like, well, that's not that disco there, you know. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's some really awesome lyrics in this song. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, and there's all. There's a lot of really cool like uh, guitar uh, lead parts on this, like in the middle of the song. I really love the guitar stuff on here. The very and, uh, harmonic, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's got that. Uh, yeah, I love that thing. So, so fucking cool. My favorite guitar work is on Doomed, but this is definitely a close second. This is my least favorite off this whole thing, but uh, there's just uh, so many cool parts in this song. 
you know, the, I'm I'm a cool with it. You know, it's just it, it ends on a cool note. It just um, it's got a lot of catchy stuff in the song. It, it's cool. I, I like it. You know, it's grown well, on me over the years. You know, and the and the thing about the disco beat, uh, and Ralph will probably uh, get get what I'm talking about here. You know, by the time you got to the mid '80s, like that though, you had bands like the Cars that had kind of crossed over, and even like Blue Oyster Cult was using that four on the floor type beat in some of their songs, and oh, bad uh, bad company and shit like that. So, um, you uh, know, here Crazy Train, Ozzy, yeah. Right? First time hearing that, I was like, man, that sounds kind of disco-ish, but it's metal, you know? Yeah, yeah we were kind of set up, set up for Devil's Eyes, where it wasn't that <laughs> oh, disco, you know? Yeah, yeah. You make a good point. Rock and Roll Fantasy, uh, Blue, uh, Bad Company, and Blue Eyes of Cult, you know, I'm Burning For You and stuff like that. Yeah, can... exactly. Burning For You is a perfect example. Yeah. Oh, I never even uh, gave that a thought. That's funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, we they we were definitely desensitized to it. Um, you know, I I, I guess the uh, disco demolition night at the White Sox in '79 freaked them out so bad they were like, "We got to figure out a way to nip this shit in the bud where they can't tell we're doing it." <laughs> uh, I, I was always a big fan of uh, Kisses. Uh, I was made for loving you, though, so I didn't have a problem with that song. I love Even that I song. I yeah, think it's. Uh, so. I do too. I didn't back then, but because uh, I was like not supposed to. Then finally, because yeah. I was an yeah. idiot. And, and, you know, I loved Kiss back then, and then when I heard that, I was horrified. But then I heard <laughs> the album, and I was like, "This is not really a disco album." There may be two or three songs that kind of hint at it, but I think that album rocks, man. I think, yeah, it is. Good. Yeah. Really, the the biggest song that doesn't play well, well, there's two of them that I really don't care for. One is uh, Sure Know Something, the disco ballad. That's just a little too much Sean Cassidy <laughs> for me. And then uh, Charisma by Gene Simmons is just bad. Yeah, that is, that <laughs> yeah. is bad. I love X-Ray Eyes, but Charisma's awful. <laughs> 2000 Man wasn't disco-ish, Hard Times, you know, had some good oh, rock. Hard Times is one of Ace's best songs in Kiss, yeah. I think. And yeah. um, even Peter Chris's little R&B twist with a Dirty Living, I think, is great. Well, actually, that's my favorite song off that album. Me too. Living. That's yeah. cool, man. Yeah, it's my favorite track. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, I think it's uh, the most honest track on the record. It's got the most human feel to it, like you were saying. The rest of it's clearly about the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for maybe hard times, but. Yeah. Uh, right now, everybody's saying, oh, what the fuck are you talking about Kiss for in a Kiss for show? Right. <laughs> but, well, Kiss Time yeah, did steal Gene Simmons' makeup, didn't he? That, that is yeah. true. So that's how it ties in. That's how it all ties in. Which, me and Greg, would, I just found out the other day, I got that whole story totally confused. When I heard about the, that story about the, the makeup and everything, I always thought it was after conspiracy, and that's why he changed his makeup or whatever. But then I found somebody posted a thing of the um, what was it, the, like the lawyer thing, Greg? I sent it to you. Um, it was uh, it was metal, not metal blade. God damn it, who was he? A road racer at right, the time, yeah. but road runner. It was their um, press release because I believe oh, yeah, that uh, delayed the release of conspiracy a little bit. Because they had to change the cover or whatever, is what it said. 
Yeah, well, no, King was... Or no, 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 it was a press release around the time the single for Sleepless Nights came out, and they were announcing that King was going to be changing his makeup design, but that he was planning on do it, doing it anyway, and they took a couple sarcastic shots at Gene Simmons in the letter, which I thought was pretty fucking funny. Right. Yeah, and, then, was... and then mentions that Conspiracy, the album, is coming out in the summer, and the tour's starting then, too. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah but the thing the whole whole thing was about that was i was confused about when he actually changed the makeup i thought he did it after conspiracy he actually changed the makeup after um abigail yeah yeah them the welcome home video you already see the little dots and little right yeah 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 it might have been during the abigail era he first got a cease and desist at that time maybe yeah i i'm a little fuzzy i do remember when it happened but I'm a little fuzzy exactly the, the year. But I do remember it was like the mid-80s. That whole shit went down. I want to say... I want to say it was like right around when Them came out. Because on the promo pictures for the Them album that they shot ahead of time, he still, you know, has the Merciful Fate makeup, basically. But... um by the time they did the Welcome Home video, he had changed it slightly. Hmm. Well, if anybody watching this knows the exact date and when that all went down, let us know in the comments, please. want to know. But uh, getting back to the Merciful Fate EP, this EP was released in uh, November 8th, 1982. And they recorded it in September, so they only did it, what, like a uh, month, right? A month or two. Yeah. So it didn't take them too long to do four songs. But, like, uh, you know, going through all the other bands, half of these songs were already written kind of in their own way. So, you know, That's just had wild. to spice them I, together. I had no idea it was, it was released that late in the year. Because, no. I mean, I'm a little fuzzy when I got it, but I know I got it at least late 83 or early 84. I mean, do, would you have handy when Melissa came out? Because that was already announced by the time I got oh. it. He said he said eighty two, eighty two, eighty three. Oh, 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 okay. My September bad. or November of eighty two. November. 82. That's what I, that's what I meant. Eighty two, eighty two is when I got it. either yeah. late eighty two or early uh, eighty three. Yeah, here, let's um, see. Melissa, here. Melissa was released October thirtieth, nineteen eighty. Okay, so maybe I did get it a little later. God, it's been thirty something years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it must have been later, 83, because, uh, as I said, when I had that EP, I got a Kerrang! magazine saying full-length full length Merciful Fate album, uh, Melissa, coming out soon. And I already had that EP at the time, so maybe I did get it later in 83. I was thinking maybe, I mean, uh, early 80, uh, late 82, early 83, but maybe I did get it around, I don't know, June, maybe. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Well, either way, you're lucky you got it. Yes. Not too many people can say they have an original version of that. Exactly. That's very true. How is and the condition of it? Is it still good condition? It's in great condition. And there's something... Let, let me grab it. Man, I, I, can't, I can't find my glasses. But there's something written, etched in the vinyl, you know, yes. at the end yeah. of the groups. Mm-hmm. you remember what it said? It says Ravon. Yeah, but no, it said something satanic, though. Does it really? Well, now yeah. i got to get mine. We will be right back. I will have to edit this now. We figured it out. Oh, you did? Yes, we did. And see, here's the paper. Here's the paper I was talking about that comes with the album. That's cool. Yeah, the lyric insert. Yeah. 
I don't have that. Which have mine, here. actually, check it out. Mine brought two. <laughs> oh, well, you can send me that. Oh, like, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it actually brought two. Um, it says, Greg, you just said what it says. It says, uh, now, you're, you know, now you're talking on one side, on side A. And it says, what's happening on side B? That's what it says, because there seems to be more words on mine. Uh, the other like words that just just say Ravon PMLP002A1. And then that's what it says on this side, too. Yeah, I don't have any other words. My original still got it to this day. And I had Hank Sherman sign it. On, a, on, a, on the nine tour. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And even a little pentagram on her panties. Like, this one wasn't enough. Yeah. Get enough. <laughs> That's that right. One. Make sure you get two of them on there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, actually, I don't know if you saw this, Ralph. This was on, I got this uh, about a month ago. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Signed by the whole band. Well, the, the ah, new band. How'd you get that? On his website. Oh, shit. They were selling it? Yeah. They had a limited uh, 150 uh, lithographs signed by the whole band. It was a limited edition thing. That is awesome. And, uh, yeah, it is awesome. Yeah, they posted it on the, on the King Diamond message, uh, on the uh, King Diamond uh, Facebook group. Boy, you guys are getting a lot of plugs tonight. You better be watching this fucking show. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, no, they did. I just didn't get to it in time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so somebody posted that, and I, I had to get it right away. It was only like 40 bucks. It wasn't expensive. Damn, that's it? That's it. Fuck. Yeah. That's awesome. Couldn't pass it up. Even if it was 100 bucks, I would have bought it. My wife would have killed me, but I still would have bought it anyway. But I bought it for 40 bucks. So. And I got a nice little frame. Now I got to find a spot to hang it. You know, uh, next time I'm on your show, I got to dig out some of my... I got some really cool stuff, like uh, some um, Abigail promo pictures. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah, from, from Road Racer, because my friend used to run a magazine, and he gave me all these pictures. And there's a close-up of King Diamond, like, screaming, and he has in his mouth, the fillings in his mouth is an upside-down cross. Really? <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> He's got even an upside-down cross in his fillings. Wow, that's pretty... <laughs> It's pretty weird. Yeah, I got to pull that up. <laughs> I have a book. Yeah, it's got like four or five, you know, band picture, the classic King Diamond picture, like ah, from Abigail and yeah. and a band and, and live shots, you know, with Andy and Mickey and him. Oh, wow. Those out, yeah. Cool, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Those one day. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're more than welcome to come on whenever you want because we have you. a lot of albums to go through. So, yeah. And I know them all, and I worship them all, you know? Yeah. So if you ever need me, let me know, man. You got Not the killer. Well, in case anybody didn't watch the other episode, uh, tell everybody where they can find you and your show. Um, well, I have several things. I have I uh, you got a uh, lot of stuff. Yeah, YouTube page, uh, Almost Human 56. Um, I have a radio show every Thursday at 8 p.m. on thatmetalstation.com. And I uh, got a podcast called uh, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I got a band called Thrasher Die. And, um, geez, I, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so. You know. Isn't that enough? <laughs> yeah, right. How do I have time to do this? I don't know. 
I don't even have time to do this podcast. I don't know how you find time to do all that shit. No, right? And I got a job Same. on top of that. Yeah, I know. And, and I screw like six different chicks. You know how much that takes? God damn. You're I'm telling you, man, that's, that's, that's like fucking juggling. That's the hardest <laughs> part of everything I do. <laughs> At least something gets hard, right? Keep them all from finding out about each other. That's got to be some work. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, oh my god somebody posted something the other day this um i don't know what the hell you call it, poly what is it what is it called when um like a like a woman or a man polygamy. like, like a polyg- is it polygamy when they uh, marry this, multiple people yeah but i don't think this person's married to them she's she's with this girl she's with like five or six other guys and one of them uh she's pregnant and one of them is the father but they're all raising the the child together they're all going you know when the child gets born they're going to raise it together was this and, uh, an episode of Mari or something? No, it was just on. Somebody posted the thing on on Facebook. And, oh, uh, well, that's just, even worse. I understand. If I find it again, I will send you the picture because these people that are in the picture, they just—it's they're all a bunch of nerds. Okay, if you're a nerd, I'm sorry, but they're all a bunch of nerds with this one girl, and you would never ever have sex with a woman ever, but they apparently do with this one woman. I don't know where I was going with this with the story, but look for it online. It's very funny. <laughs> Um, go visit red.review.com we got tons of stuff on there uh, some new shows uh, Right Opinion uh, podcast uh, Old Man Metals Musings podcast our podcast uh, Lou Mavs podcast uh, A Dog in the Background of Greg and um, I guess that's it right? Yeah, I think that's it, yeah, that's it. alright well stay tuned for uh, Michael Denner he's got some more stories to tell you And we will see you guys next week. All right? Adios, everybody. Stay heavy. Stay heavy. Rave on. Rock hard. (laughs) Worship Satan. Disco rules. (laughs) All right. Goodbye. The most important things in in the world was merciful faith. I mean, that that was five people's uh, life. How how old, um, how about old were you guys when you were together for the merciful faith? How old we were? Um... We were, uh, I mean, we started off in uh, seriously in, in 81, uh, 81, so we were, uh, let me see, 81, we were 20, 22, okay, 22 so years okay. old, 20, uh, King was 24, Hank was 21. Yeah, okay, so he yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, wow, so he was like 18 on a Black Rose recording, that's wild. King was, uh, yeah, he, he yeah, I, I mean, beside of King, uh, I, no, Timmy, Timmy, the bass player is a week older than me, so every time uh, he has a birthday, I, 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 I give him, uh, uh, what's up, old man, <laughs> happy birthday, because he's one week, week older than me, <laughs> so, but, uh, and Okay. I was going to say the way, uh, the other song I was curious about, Michael, was um, just because as I was looking through these records, I noticed um, the songwriting credits aren't real clear. It mostly just says Merciful Faith, but I noticed like uh, the Death Kiss is definitely uh, a dangerous meeting. So um, yeah. when you guys uh, sat down and finally co-laced these Merciful Faith together, were most of the songs already Merciful Faith songs, or did you bring some things from... Uh, the brass and danger zone with you. Yeah, we did that. Uh, we um, we brought in some brass songs. Uh, 
uh, and um, I mean the oldest Merciful Fate song is is a full uh, full blown black uh, breath song. It's, it's uh, uh, Curse of the Pharaohs. Oh, it was wow. yeah. First, if, uh, first it was called uh, Night Riders mm-hmm. when it was a breath song. I mean, way back in 1980, uh, and then it was called Night Spiders, <laughs> and then <laughs> the, the, the lyrics were changed to uh, to Curse of the Pharaohs. So that's a that's a breath song actually, a, a football wow. breath song. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really so cool. uh, I never knew that. Yeah, and also a few of the other songs. They were uh, right from from the. the uh, Right before Brad's change and, and, and Danger Zone changed the, the, the Monica to Merciful Fate, um, there were some songs uh, there, like a, a Dangerous Meeting. And as you can see, there's a lot of old, uh, a lot of the older songs have different uh, titles. Yeah. King, yes. ch- King changed the lyrics uh, for, for most of the songs in that time because uh, uh, the early the early lyrics is more like uh, yeah riding a bike and uh, get into a fight and uh, you know, you yeah. know yeah more like a sex, the Saxon way of <laughs> writing your lyrics you know yeah. so uh, but but King uh, he felt he need to change uh, change that and make, and make it more eerie and uh, and I, that was a, a very wise move <laughs> to uh, yes. to make the the lyrics more uh, horror filled you know and uh, yeah satanic and and, and all this. Yeah, all these things. Yeah. Yeah. Now you were you were for all that satanic uh, lyrics and stuff. I mean, uh, I, I didn't mind. You know, I, I never, I never have any uh, strong belief in religion, whatever. You know? yeah, yeah. So, but I, I, I've always been a fan of uh, of horror uh, horror movies and uh, and shared the passion with King. We could sit mm. for hours late night after rehearsing. Mm. And and uh, and watch all the horror flicks. You know, uh, that was a big one of the big passion we both had. You know, oh, wow. to watch horror horror movies. <laughs> so, what was your uh, so, what was your favorite one? Oh, the, the horror flicks. Oh, there's so many. Uh, the 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 first version of the Omen is is one of my favorites. Oh, okay. And and also a, a movie called Don't Look Now, okay. uh, with Donna Sutherland. Okay. That's uh, check it out. It's uh, mm. it's an old movie, but it's quite scary. <laughs> mm, yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah, and all, and of course also uh, a lot of the old classics, you know, uh, like from the from the silent uh, movie time, you know, the Hunchback, Frankenstein, you know, Dracula, all all these old. Uh, I love the atmosphere in it, you know, the, and 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 uh, the instructor's uh, uh, ability to to uh, use the light and and shadows, mm. uh, yeah. I mean that that type of um, uh, art and films are not um, it's not the, the same anymore you know right. uh, they, I mean they have um, they have a very a smaller uh, possibility it was not it was not so easy you know to to, to do technical stuff uh, way oh. back then but they managed to do fantastic things with the light yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and that's also that, that's that's why I use, uh, I use uh, some cl- some clips in my new video as a tribute to the old masters yeah, okay. and it oh. fitted the song perfect. But we, yeah, <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> yeah, oh, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I I did watch that video. It's, it is a good video. Um, mm-hmm. uh, all right. So with uh, Merciful Fate, did he did uh, King paint his face like in Danger Zone and the Brats too, or that just start in Merciful Fate? No, uh, actually, he did it in uh, in Black Rose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's why why he caught our attention, you know, because uh, this guy went up on stage 
with this uh, with this face paint, you know, and blood and 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 uh, pig, a pig head, he had the cottons <laughs> in half, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this guy is crazy, you know. So let's take him out. <laughs> it was just, he was. I mean, he, he was an over-the-top uh, front uh, front uh, guy, you know. So, uh, and he could pitch high, you know, and uh, he had a great an attitude, leather jacket, and uh, looked tough. <laughs> so uh, he was a perfect choice for, for for the band because that that was the, the difference with with the, the Brats uh, 1980. Uh, it was the. The singing was wasn't a, a, a typical heavy, heavy metal singer, you know, right. uh, or heavy rock singer. But King, he was more like uh, like our heroes, you know, that for Robert Plant, uh, David Byron, and, and and so on and so on. This guy could pitch high, you know, and and have a very aggressive way of singing, you know, compared to to uh, the vocals on uh, on the Brass album. No. In all respects, because I, I I love Jens's vocals on that, but the, but it was it was it was more heavy to get to get King as the singer. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, how come um, you didn't leave the songs uh, played like similar to like you did in the Brats and Danger Zone when you did them for like the EP and then the uh, Melissa album? We, you know, like the songs, uh, we... the songs that you, like you reused, but you like changed a lot of the uh, verses and things <laughs> like that. Yeah, but then again, if you spend a lot of time in the in the, the rehearsing room as we do, we go through the songs, you know, and then rearrange. You know, you find some somewhere you can find a harmony piece. You change the rhythm. It's a different drama. There could be a lot of a lot of ways that that makes songs songs change. You know, but always, of course, you have a strong belief that it's for the better. You know, when yeah. you change the song, yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting when I, when Greg sent me some of the older uh, songs, and you can hear like the differences, and I'm like, wow, it's kind of I was kind of glad that you didn't leave some of the things there because some things went way off into like another you know area or, or, or could have been a different song, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and but I mean, they... some of these songs that you, I mean, if, if, if for instance you you, you take uh, Satan's Fall. The, mm-hmm. the song is it's a long song. It's uh, twelve minutes or something. Uh, yeah. You could you could make you could make a whole album of of uh, ten songs, you know, with the, <laughs> yeah. with the riffings from the. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's only in the in, in the very beginning and the end is the same riff. It changes all the time, you know. So there's millions of uh, of uh, ways to make songs out of all these riffs, <laughs> yeah. uh, and that makes it. Uh, I mean, some, somehow you can nearly. Be, be, you could nearly say it's a bit of a shame that we didn't use these riffs for for more songs than this one song. But then again, it's like it's it's legendary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's part of tell that uh, song story is the multiple <laughs> different riffs. <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, I think it was kind of groundbreaking when when that song was released. You know, oh <laughs> because, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh definitely. Yeah, it was very uh, progressive, and not not too many like metal progressive bands, you know, doing that kind mm-hmm. of stuff at that time. No, no, the closest you could get was these uh, straight progressive band. All, all they say, with one exception, Rush, the band Rush. Right. They also had they made these great albums, you know, with these long, long pieces, you know, uh, uh, complex uh, the rhythm changes and and stuff, and uh, of course, um, that was also a band that we we, we really liked. Uh, and mm-hmm. listen to at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were never, never really. Uh, yeah, I never really considered them metal though. So no, in the in the beginning, 
That, uh, yeah. I mean, when they started using these uh, synthesizers and, uh, and, right. and, and uh, you know, pedals on the floor with the, the, the keyboard sounds and, and bass lines and shit, I mean, I lost interest a bit. But, the, the, mm. I mean, the first, the first five, six albums, they play, mm. they play quite heavy on the, uh, these albums. Yeah. You should take it out if you don't know them. I'm not. Yeah, I, I listen to yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Greg's a big fan of Rush, right? Are you, uh, Greg? I I like the first five albums, but okay. like Michael was saying, once the synthesizers came in, I kind of lost interest. But, um, <laughs> if, yeah, we completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I had to yeah. pick a power trio that was more progressive, though, like I've said before, I had uh, I'd have to go with Budgie out of the two. Of oh them. yeah, what a and, great band it was. Oh, what yeah. a great band, you know, especially with the with the first guitarist Tony Birch. The, the first yes. the, the album, he, yeah, Swap absolutely is amazing. I mean, the sound, I mean, the ideas, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Mm. The the album never turn your back on uh, on a friend. That's uh, I think that it's the third the third album they did. That's on my favorite yeah. list of my top top twenty best albums ever. You know. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I'd agree. It's a great record. Yeah. Now, with the uh, the first Merciful Fate EP, with the album yeah. cover with the girl on the the cross and everything and all that, <laughs> we mm-hmm. were you guys afraid to kind of put that album cover out and get like really you know bad backlash from that? The the, the great thing by doing that was uh, we were not a, we were not good friends with the Danish press, and we knew, we knew when we released that album it, it was like they would go uh, ape shit you know and and, and yeah. try to yeah to put us down you know and and that was uh, that was clearly a a thing we enjoyed you know to to be able to to uh, fight with them in interviews and so on because now it was a difference we we didn't we didn't meet the the Danish press at that point you know they they. They gave us a bad time with breaths, and now it was our turn to say, I mean, we don't need you because uh, in Netherlands and in the U.S. and all, all other places, they understand, and you guys don't, so bother off, you know. <laughs> so that was, uh, it was like, and of course, they, they came out, you know, also the song, Nonsense and No Fun. Mm-hmm. They took some part of the lyrics, you know, and printed it in the newspaper. And, and I mean, we, finally we got attention. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, gave us some, it, it gave us more press than when we tried to, to, to please them, you know. So, uh, I mean, we, we didn't care. And, of course, there were some priests who came out, you know, and tried to start a discussion. And the uh, king just, uh, yeah, he just went went for it. <laughs> so, yeah, and the rest of us were really laughing, you know, because it was only king who was into these uh, matters, you know, uh, yeah. Satanism and, and stuff, you know. So we just let him go, go on, <laughs> discuss with these people, you know, because we, I mean, it was uh, it was good uh, publicity. Mm-hmm. It, it gave us a lot of publicity, so, so that was good. Especially when they placed on the filthy fifteen in US, <laughs> that's the best thing that ever happened to the band. Man, <laughs> all people were saying, "Wow, we need to take these guys out," you know. So that was uh, that was one of the best things that ever could happen for us, you know. Yeah. Oh, I bet Johnny Z was thrilled. Really. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you know that that that's one thing too. Even though I was raised in a uh, in a Catholic family, uh, Mer- Merciful Fate's lyrics never bothered me. I mean, to me, with the intricate songs and 
King's vocals and uh, the lyrics and the atmosphere, it's just like uh, a big audio horror movie, basically. Exactly. It's a, and, and it had to be uh, to be treated like that. You know, it's like this is this is pure horror stories. Like I heard um, a, lot, a lot of famous uh, heavy metal stars, you know, come to, to me these days and say, "Wow." It scared me. First time I, I saw the Amazon Fade album, and I flipped it over and saw, saw King, and, and I heard the lyrics and the, and the atmosphere, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> you know? and, and I mean, these days, the same guys, they play music much more brutal and, and with uh, much more scary uh, the lyrics, in my, in my opinion. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, you should treat it like horror, good, good old horror stories, you know, and... Mm -hmm. uh, and and a, and a guy with the face paint uh, who had uh, an evil look <laughs> to to make it even more scary, you know. But I mean, nothing more than that. Well, yeah, I, and and you know, you, you'd have that asshole like uh, Geraldo Rivera on TV talking about a song like "Into the Coven," like, oh, they're trying to recruit people to what? By by the records? I mean, it. Uh, if it sounds like anything, it sounds like a Hammer horror movie, you know. <laughs> I think he accidentally left the call. Oops. Oh, yeah. What What'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't I do anything. All, I looked down. All of a sudden, it, it said you left. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, I thought no. That's it. Off now. No way, man. This is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, everything was going all right. I guess Greg scared him off. <laughs> no. <laughs> start, start talking about satanic shit. Oh, then I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would never happen, man. Yeah, yeah I know, right? <laughs> yeah, we had um, Snowy on uh, a couple weeks ago, and, uh, you know, I was asking him about, like, scary stories, because King always has, you know, scary stories in his interviews and yeah. stuff. Did you notice or um, witness any of that kind of stuff going no. on while you were recording? No, no not really. Because I mean, I, I come, I come from a family who was who was into spiritism and stuff. You know, both my mother and father was was dealing with these things. You know, so and it scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Uh, and actually, that that makes King King's interest in, in the Soviet even even more when I told him about what I what happened to me when I was a kid. You know, with uh, slamming doors, you know, and a ghost and shit, you know. <laughs> so, but, I mean, uh, I had my share of that. So, okay, I mean, all the things King he experiences, I said, I, I don't want, I don't want to be part of it, man. <laughs> if, if you, yeah, yeah, if you have a feeling of something, I, I, I go home, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be part of that. Yeah. I had my share when I was a kid, you know, and I don't need that. In, I, di I didn't need that as a, as an adult, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah even, even though I, I would like to, you know, see something happen, I kind of don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said, if I hear a noise at night, I, I turn on the light and say, okay, come, bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> see what you could do. I hate. I mean, I I, I don't want to be scared. I was very scared when I was a child. You know, okay. scared of darkness and uh, ghosts yeah. and, and all kinds of shit. So yeah. uh, I decided when I was in my early twenties, uh, I will never be scared again. You know, of of uh, things 
which I don't, uh, I can't explain, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, so that's a like kind of life decision, you know. Also, when you're an, if you're an atheist like like I am, you know, mm-hmm. just to say I be, I don't believe in anything. <laughs> so uh, yeah. that makes my life so much easier, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And and somehow so uh, so much lonelier. <laughs> if you're in trouble, you have no nowhere to pray. <laughs> you're just uh, uh, yeah. by yourself, you know. But that, that's the way I, I that's that's how I live, you know. So. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. totally, totally get it. Sometimes I okay, question cool. myself. <laughs> <laughs> cool.